them that in this episode 21 what we're gonna do today is go back in time back in time to 2009 and i'm gonna tell you about the time me and my other good friend who doesn't want to be mentioned on this podcast devised a plan to break into the church of scientology the big ominous los angeles headquarters the blue one you've seen it in documentaries what happened was our best friend joseph You've heard about him before. You know, we mentioned him on the podcast from time to time. He really got into Scientology. And he didn't just buy pamphlets and, like, get his little audits or whatever you call them. He got hardcore, knee-deep into it, you know. And, and it was like they were changing him. He was, like, becoming, like, one of those. He was, like, becoming a miniature Tom Cruise, you know. Like, he was, like, talking really fast and sweating. You know, his head was, like, turning from one side to the other. You know, this, like, rapid, wild animal pace. And, um, you know, they took him into that building. You know, they wouldn't let him out. You know, he joined the sea organization. Some of you might know what it is. And, um, yeah, me and my friend had to come up with a plan to bust him out because we wanted to save our friend. Maybe we wouldn't do it nowadays. But, you know, at that time, we are like, I think I was like 20 or 19. So, you know, it, they were like stealing our friend and we wanted our friend back. And it didn't matter if he liked being there or not. We wanted our friend back. So, this is how we did it. Episode 21, here we go. What we're going to do right here is go back. Way back, back at the time. So, okay. Paulina, welcome back. How are mm-hmm. you? What's up? Talk to me, Paulina. Yeah, I'm good. Nothing much, you know, like nothing right. new. That's amazing. Nothing new. All right. <laughs> nothing. Like, I'm, um, yeah. I shaved my head, but nothing other than that. That's nice. I saw the pictures. Anyway, speaking of shaved heads, Paulina, what do you know yeah. about Scientology? Um... Like a little bit, you know, like it's like this kind of like sci-fi based religion, you know, and they brainwash people and like Tom Cruise likes them. All right. So I know a little bit more because I was once in the shit with Scientology. It used to be a part of my life and almost not in everyday life, but it was definitely something I'd hear about very often is my friend Joseph, Mm -hmm. my good friend Joseph. Who's a tragic, beautiful character. You know, he's like a beautiful, tragic character in life. Kind of fucked yeah. up. Um, he got like really into the Scientology shit. Joined the Sea Organization. Got Ended up getting like flown to Florida. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the story. All right. So I have to give some introduction to the man behind all this Scientology madness in my life. And his name's Joseph Baez. Now, fucking tragic ass character. His mom was a prostitute on skid row and his dad was a korean client and and he his dad ended up getting her pregnant and he doesn't know who his dad is and um you know bam she's pregnant she ends up having joseph who's like uh you know he's like half mexican half asian and um he grew up in a very terribly dysfunctional home abusive parents his his uncle was a child molester who is like an enthusiast of the X-Men. You know the X-Men, right? The comic book? Yeah, of course. 
Wow. I remember like going into this house and like his uncle invited us in. We're teenagers at this point, like 16, you know, and <laughs> his uncle just invites us into the room and his, his walls are like completely covered with like X-Men toy packages, like all taped together. Bam, bam, bam. X-Men everywhere. He's all like, Oh, hello there. He's like fat. He has like a buzz cut. You know, like really fat, like round, you know, like a round stumpy little man with a buzz cut and like these little glasses, like uh-huh. just like the ultimate child molester look, you know, like if you look at child molester in the dictionary, it's a picture of this man, you know, like, like he just looks fat and nerdy child molester. He's all you want to, you want a Mountain Dew? You know what a Mountain Dew is, right, Paulina? Yeah. It's like a drink, right? It's like Sprite and like all this stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the worst of the sodas, I think. And I'm like, nah, man, like, I don't want a Mountain Dew. I don't want that. Like, you could just get away from me, you know? Anyway, wow. Joseph, gr- growing up in this environment, Joseph is troubled as fuck. You know, he has like three, he has two sisters, a brother. He has three sisters, actually. One was like a gangster who had one eye because like she was running from the cops and she tripped on a fence and like the, you know, the fences with the little like prongs at the end, like her eye went right into that shit. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But she's like a scary motherfucker. She's like fat, bald. Not like you're bald, but like fucked up bald. Like you know, baggy clothes. Like she'll fuck you up. Like she'll fuck me up, you know? And um, wow. Joseph is just a product of this sad environment. His grandma is a John Wayne enthusiast. She has like a, like a stand-up of John Wayne in the fucking house. She's dead now, but like, wow. Like it was like a bizarre place. He'd like eat mayonnaise out of a jar and try to like, you know, steal food and shit. He was like the runt of our friend litter. Like he was the runt of our litter. Like, um, and everybody used to give Joseph shit. People would, wow, this guy would just, um, ah, we were terrible friends to him, but he was like one of our best friends nonetheless. Um, yeah, I understand. It's like this, like guy's friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, we were horrible to him. I feel like a little, like a little pinch of guilt to this day. Cause you know, we used to just criticize the shit out of him to his face and like, you know, and sometimes like, uh, well, you know, what like doesn't kill physical... you makes you stronger. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it made him any stronger, to be honest. <laughs> like, um, I really, you know, really one day I want him on the podcast and I would love to interview him, but he's kind of disappeared. Like, I don't know where the fuck he is. I mean, I know where he is. He's in Texas somewhere now, but like, I would love to have him on, but I, I just can't like, you know, I can't contact him. I have n- no idea. Um, Anyway, on his 18th birthday, his grandmother kicks him out of the house. Out of the house. Joseph's gone. Kicked out of the house. Like, Mm -hmm. think about... Imagine yourself being kicked out of the house on your 18th birthday. Fucking tragic. Yeah. Not the best birthday. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No money. Nothing. He has to go right into, like, a boy's home, which is like a... Like, it's like an orphanage for, like, young men where you just all sleep there and you have to have, like, a curfew and you have to get a job. And it's in, like, East Los Angeles. And, um, wow, I, I just – I wish I still knew the name because we used to make fun of it all the time, like like assholes. Like, um, it had, like, a really funny name, like a really funny, weird name to it. Anyway, after high school, it's about, like, 2006. Eight, I guess, 2007, 2008, 2009, something like this. I'm like 19, 20. Um, Joseph comes to, to college with us. You know, we all go to college. Me, my best friend, um, who doesn't like his name mentioned, and Joseph, 
we all go to the same college together, but we all kind of go down different paths and we kind of meet up like after school. Mm -hmm. And um, Joseph's obviously, he's struggling with the college life. He's living off financial aid. He's failing all his classes. And um, between like the spring session and like the, or between, yeah, between the fall session and the spring session, um, he gets into, he starts volunteering at the Church of Scientology, which is right across the street from my college, like a little building, like right across and like down the street in Pasadena. And, I want, um, I want, now I want like a Netflix show based on on Joseph's life. That would yeah, get popular. Like, like, I'm sure that would get popular, you know. He, he's a bizarre character. Like right now he's literally working as a janitor. And he's a drag queen by night. So I guess his life is a little better. Oh, God. You know? It's so yeah. controversial. Like, so much stuff happened. Like, I can't believe, like, he exists. Like, yeah. he must be, like, a product of your imagination, you know? We used to tell him to his face, like, back in the day. Like, back in, like, we were kids. Uh, like, we were all, like, I did, like, we would, like, talk to him. Like, we all, I think in 10 years, Joseph is going to be dead. Like, I'll be surprised if you make it 10 years. <laughs> and then, like, oh, just God. randomly throughout, throughout the day, like, randomly we'd be hanging out. I just look at Joseph and go, 10 years. <laughs> oh my God. 10 years. <laughs> we know we we're horrible to this guy. But when he did get kicked out of his house, we did give him money. Yeah. We, well, my friend, my friend, he's like the more moral one of our group. He gave him like a hundred dollars and told him like, spend it wisely. And he ended mm-hmm. up blowing it on, on puzzle, puzzles, like puppy puzzles. Are you serious? Yeah. Strippers and meth. <laughs> He got into wow. like jokes. Well, like what what, what can you do? He was 18, you know, like it's kind of like understandable, yeah. you know. But he bought the fucking puzzles because I told him like, Joseph, you're going to be homeless. You got to keep your mind sharp because you know, LA is full of homeless people. They're always talking to themselves. They're fucked up. I'm going to get like some puzzles, go to the library, like, like, you know, keep training your mind. So he ends up buying like a bunch of like little puppy puzzles and he shows them to me like when we like, like, like we come to, we come to pick him up one night to hang out in his little, from his little orphanage. And he's all, Michael, I got the puzzles. He shows me these puppy puzzles. I'm like, Joseph, what the fuck? You spend this hundred dollars on fucking puppy puzzles? What are you thinking? (laughs) I don't know. Sounds bizarre, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not how it works in Europe. Like, no, no. because you, when you talk about like homeless people in LA, like it sounds like it's uh, completely common, like something completely common, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, you, like you even know what to do, like when it happens to and stuff like this. Like, it's not like that, like in most like countries in Europe, you know? How about in Russia? Um, we shoot dead, pe- uh, dead people, sorry, <laughs> homeless people. We just shoot them, you know? <laughs> really? No like, honestly, I don't know. I don't know, though. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, it's just like the thing is like, our police officers, you know, when they see like homeless people, they just tell them to uh, to get out, you know. And also, like, it's more difficult to be homeless in Russia because, like, you know, it's not like in LA the climate is pretty good, but like in Russia, yeah. it's like you know you're gonna die in winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So LA it's like a different really kind suffers. of life. Yeah. In the winter, LA suffers because you know they have buses from New York to Chicago that get mm-hmm. all the homeless people from those places. And they bring them to LA for the winter because you could survive in the, in the LA winter as a homeless. So we, our homeless population just explodes every winter. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, give, and, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Continue. No, I just wanted to say like another thing, another like, um, distinguishable, you know, thing about, um, 
Russian homeless people is that like they can be really smart, you know, they can have like two degrees like in I don't know nuclear physics or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like because our society works this way that nobody cares, you know. In a sense, like you Jesus can be a very, very smart and like not earn anything and end up as a homeless man. Like I actually had a friend who was homeless, you know, mm-hmm. and he was like, um, he called himself like, um, I'm going to translate from like Russian, but like it's something like a VIP like hobo, you know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Joseph, definitely not a VIP hobo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he ends up getting into Scientology during the second semester of college, like right off the bat. And, um, at first we, you know, he's like inviting us in and he's like, it's not that bad. Like he's still kind of normal at that point. And you know, me and my, me and my friend, Jonathan, oh fuck, I said his name. My friend that doesn't like to be mentioned. We, uh, <laughs> we, we, you know, after, after class is out, we go and we pick up Joseph at the Church of Scientology down the street and uh, you know we go inside and we get them you know because we're like a little crew and we we hang out after college and we do everything together and um you know so we get so the scientology people start getting to know our names they start talking to us they especially like jonathan jonathan is a yeah uh i'm not supposed to say his name but they especially like him you know he's like a handsome tall blonde guy everybody you know he's like very like very sociable and like very friendly and everybody loves them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, you know, the church, yeah, I don't think the church of Scientology people like me because I'm kind of like rolling my eyes at them, you know, but like, <laughs> you know, Jonathan's really trying to get in like good ground with them so he could like, you know, be prepared for when he has to help Joseph or something, you know, and yeah, know, I'm more of like, I just want to go in there and just blow it up, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, like, you know, we're talking to them, we're getting to know the people, um, yeah, some of the Scientology girls are actually pretty attractive and like some of them are actually pretty clean looking. But, you know, I think they're all kind of lost souls who fell into this. You know, they're all like Joseph's to a certain extent. But I think Joseph is like a like he's like the, the epitome like fails. A, huh? Is he like the epitome of like these like uh, lost like people? Yeah, like he's he's like the epitome of a lost soul. Like like, you know, he's like a it's like like he lost his soul then like someone found his soul and like just like threw it even further you know like his soul is like so lost you know like it's not even on the fucking planet and i'm sorry joseph you'll probably never listen to this i love you if you're out there but like yo come on you know <laughs> like <laughs> you know and um god i feel so bad just talking about him like this but like i want to be honest you know and, yeah um, it's a horrible thing to talk about him like this. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. You know, he was my. He was a good friend for a long time, and um, yeah, he started getting kind of brainwashed about it. Started like preaching to us, kind of like if you have a born again Christian friend, like they don't shut the fuck up about Jesus. Joseph's not shutting the fuck up about Alron Hubbard. He's inviting us to events. He's starting to say that we're like lost. Like you guys are fucked up. You don't believe in Alron Hubbard. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I start like calling the Church of Scientology and trying to talk to him. And one day, like I end up cursing like one of the people on the phone and they hate my guts now in Scientology, you know? Yeah. And, um, what, yeah, what do you think? Was- how, how do you think they'd react if like today you came like to see these same people and you would be like, you know, I, I changed and I genuinely want to become like one of you? Oh, I think they'd be willing to accept it, you know? 
but like who am i you know like i make like an average salary you know i'm just an average person you know there i'm gonna get like the i'm gonna get like the the sad end of the stick you know this like like I'm gonna be have to join like some kind of sea org, and I'm gonna have to be a laborer, and have to live in some shitty bunks with them over there. And like you know, yeah. if you're a millionaire, then you're gonna get some like good treatment, I guess. You know, if you're Tom Cruise, but like, you know, they're just gonna use me for everything I got, mm-hmm. like they did to Joseph. You know, they they like they like hooked him up with like some kind of sad job working at like a like he was working in some guy's garage in Alhambra, California. You know, which is like this a uh, really great city that I love a lot, Alhambra, and um, and he's making tea in the garage and he's getting like paid shit money, and then he's like spending that, he's using that money to to like buy courses for Scientology, you know, like and they're like instructing him to use his money like this, and they give him a place to stay, like they take him out of the homeless shelter that he's in and they put him in an abandoned house in Alhambra near the tea place where he works. Yeah. So Joseph's living in an abandoned house. This poor, like, very frail Asian man is living in an abandoned house in Alhambra. And, you know, we're like, we're still hanging out with them. You know, like after school, we, me and, me and my friend get in the car. We drive over to Alhambra. We like, we like, uh, at like 2 a.m. sometimes we like kick in the door. He like wakes up like, oh, oh my God, I'm terrified. You know, because there's no locks on the door, so we just bust in at, at any hour of the night while he's sleeping. And like, like I remember one time we took him, to, like you know, he was in his bathrobe. We were like, ah, come on, we're gonna go out to eat. And like, yeah, we took him out to eat with us. And he was like, we walked into the restaurant and we're dressed, and he's in his bathrobe, and um, he doesn't have any money, so he doesn't get to really eat anything. So he just sits there and watches us eat. It's like a really fucked up time, you know. Well, it was a fun time looking back, but like, you know, it's sad when you think about it. Like, um, I'm sure you have some similar experiences. Um, yeah, <laughs> not really, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the Joseph situation takes an even more desperate turn, you know. Like, poor Joseph. Like, um, he ends up actually moving into the main headquarters of the Church of Scientology. You know, like, it's this boot. Big blue building on Alron Hubbard Drive in LA. Big fucking Scientology building. Blue. And it's like a fucking castle. And, yeah. you know, that's it for him, basically. You know, they talk him into joining the Sea Organization. Do you have any idea what the Sea Organization is? Not really. Okay. So it's like this, this, uh, I guess it's, what, how can I explain it? You know, because I'm, I'm an outsider looking in, you know. And now I'm like years behind, you know, because I don't care about Scientology anymore too much. But like, it's basically like a, a like a labor, like a labor workforce where you like work for them all your life, and you get free meals and you get a free place to stay. Yeah. And and basically you're living in bunks though. You don't have your own room. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. and they work you fucking hard from like early in the morning to fucking late at night. You know, but- they give you shit food. And they make you sign a one billion year contract. Yeah, I just um, sorry <laughs> to interrupt. I just wanted to say that, but I think like it works for some people because, like, you know, religion it can have this uh, like placebo effect. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, in a sense, like if you believe in something, if you have uh, like some kind of commu- community to like uh, fall back on, you know, it can make you feel like actually so good that like 
it's gonna go unnoticed uh you know that like your like life is shitty because like you're gonna think that it's all for like some kind of like greater purpose yeah that's exactly what he thought you know to be in the beginning at least that's what he thought you know like Mm -hmm. he was like you know he's signing up for the sea organization you know he's gonna be a slave for life but he's gonna get fed and he's gonna get like be part of this like big scientology family and you know he's set you know, he yeah. thinks he's doing something amazing. You know, yeah. he's like he's like following Xenu to the yeah. to the highest effect, and he gets like free uh, free audits and like free lessons and all that shit. You know, mm-hmm. like he's getting all the free Scientology courses for doing this. I assume yeah. they do. I mean, it'd be fucked up if they didn't. So mm-hmm. that's it. You know, we don't hear from Joseph much after that. You know, like he's gone off the deep end. He's joined the Scientology. You know, like full on. You know. And if we want to talk to him, we have to call his caseworker or the main Scientology office and ask if we could talk to him. And, you know, of course, they're like very polite about it, but we're not getting through. We're not getting through to him, you know? Yeah. Like he's in there. He's stuck, you know? And and we know that he doesn't know any better. You know, this is like the, like Joseph has made so many like stupid, foolish mistakes. Like he's gotten so many chances. He's like the kind of friend, the kind of guy who always ruins every opportunity, you know, and he, he like has these wild ideas and they just don't seem to work out ever, you know? So we know he doesn't really know what he's doing. Like he thinks he's doing something good, but like he's not doing well at all. So we feel like we have to save him, you know, or at least like see him at that point. We at least want to see your friend to see if he's okay. Because even though uh-huh. we treat him like dirt, you know, he's still like one of us, you know, he's still one of our, one of our people. So, uh, uh-huh. but go, I have a, go. I have yeah, a question like before, before you yeah. go on, I'm sorry. I have a question. So, but don't you think that at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter. Like even if you're delusional, but if you're happy, you know, if you you find like some sort of happiness in what you're doing, does it really matter? Because like I I feel like so you're gonna talk about uh, how you attempted to like save him kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm just saying like, should we really save people from like such situations? Because like it's not like he suffered, you know, like physically or something like that, you know? So so like he was like happy, like from what I understand, you know? So did he really need to be saved, you know? Um, you know, if you're asking me nowadays, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'd be like, ah, whatever, you know, like, all right, bye. Like you're a part of Scientology, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm, it's different now. Like, you know, back then you're really attached to your friends, you know, you're really in this group of people, you know, you're like 19, 20 years old, your friends ever are everything, you know, your group, you know, going out, having a great time. And we yeah. really, we, you know. It wasn't like we were, it's not like, like, I don't think we really cared if he was happy or not. You know, we wanted our friend, you know, we <laughs> wanted the person in our group. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You it. know, we didn't want him doing some stupid shit, you know? Yeah. It's, I think now it'd be like, ah, oh, Joseph fucked up. Like, that's on him. Like, what could you do? Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, we we actually drive to the massive Scientology headquarters, one of the biggest in the world. You know, we're in like my friend's little red Saturn, like a little shitty car. We drive into that like little neighborhood, you know, everybody's wearing like a white shirt and a black pants, like a little tie. Everybody's like looking at our car, 
you know, we look like just like a bunch of like, I don't know. I don't want to say we look like bums, but we look like characters compared to them. It's kind of like when you walk in like B'nai Brak or when you go to like one of those Hasidic neighborhoods in Jerusalem, you know, and you're like the only one who's like a normal person. Only it's like Scientology. So it's like a little scarier, a little more yeah, I get ed- it. like sketchy, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, wow. Like I want to say it's kind of like, in, you know, have you seen the movie Independence Day? Um, don't think so. It's with Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. Anyway, there's like this, they steal like an alien ship and at the end they're like, they're like, you know, driving into the mothership, you know, and it's like in slow motion and kind of, and you see like, like, the, you know, they're in this alien world now. And that's how it felt like driving into the Church of Scientology, you know? I think, I think I, I've seen it actually, yeah. Like now I recall. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a classic, yeah. 90s classic. Anyway, so we're in there. Everybody's looking at us. You know, the security on the bikes. Immediately, people are talking to us like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like everybody's so fucking kind, so fucking curious, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we go into the main office. We, we, uh, actually, no, this time, that time around, we don't even go to the main office. We, we go to the back door and we try to go in and we try to talk to a security guard. Who's like sitting in there. And it's like the, it's like the back door to like the big section. This place has multiple sections. It's like a huge fucking place, you know? And, and we go into the back section and we talk to the security guard and we're like, Hey, like our friend, our friend is, is staying here and we're wondering if we'd come in and like see him, you know, like, like, could we, could we come in? He's like, no, you can't, but uh, you know, I'll call, do you know, have the number to his case worker, you know? And we're like, yeah, we have a number. So anyway, we go back to the car, we call her up. And we try calling a few times, but she doesn't answer. And eventually she does. She does answer the phone and she comes down. And first she like, she comes down alone, I think. And she talks to us and she's smoking hot. Like, wow. Like, it's sad that a girl this hot is in Scientology. You know, like I remember like, wow, she's like a sexual being, you know, like you saw her and you just wanted to jump on her. You know, at least that's how 20 year old Michael felt, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um. Yeah, you know, like Joseph, you know, we asked her about, he, she's, she's all like, like, okay, I'll bring out Joseph, you know? So she goes back and she brings him out, you know? And let me paint you a picture of what Joseph looked like before. He looked like a trashy kind of like skater guy, kind of. Like he had like yeah. earplugs. He pierced his cock with like a clothespin, you know? He had like a, like long shaggy hair, really bad acne. You know, he had like a, like these fucked up shitty flannel shirts that he'd wear and like these fucked up pants with like holes in them and like fuck big bulky shoes. You know, he looked like a, like a trashy skater kid kind of, Yeah. you know, it was two, it was 2007, 2008, you know, this, this is the way people looked. Yeah. <laughs> now I get um, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he came down from there, when he, when they brought him down, guess how he looked. Tell me how you think he looked. Okay, well, I think like you spoiled already that he he sh- he shaved his head, right? Ah, oh, fuck, I did. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I so think you- so. I think so. Yeah, but um, so other than that, like I imagine, like he was like clean shaven and he was wearing a suit. Was that it? Yeah, he looked like a he looked like a fucking alien. He was wearing like a you know the white shirt, the black pants, and the tie. His head was completely shaved. You know, his face was clean. He never, yo, back then, like, facial hair wasn't such a big deal. So, like, he was always cleanly shaved. And he still had, like, the massive acne. He was big on acne. You know, the kid used to wash his face with, like, salt. And his face would be all salty. Because for some reason, he thought he'd get rid of the fucking acne. But he just looked like a fucking monster. You know? (laughs) 
Did did he ever have any like success with girls? Because like he sounds like I'm sorry to say that, but he, like he sounds like such a loser, <laughs> you know. Um, did he have success with girls? No, no, he never did. That's but so it, sad. He... Like I can't believe like this human being exists. <laughs> but you know he was he he was gay, so like he didn't really give he, a shit oh, about girls. Oh, he was girls. gay. Ah, oh, I didn't. Well, okay, I didn't. Back know that. then he was in the closet. He was in the closet, and he was kind of like bi. He was bi back then, and mm-hmm. he he used to say he liked girls more than guys, but like he would never get a girl. You know, and we had this idea that like, and he actually had a big crush on my other friend to like, you know, like he was like in love with my other friend kind of in a weird way, but like wow. it was kind of this unspoken thing. Like, you know, you just kind of see it in his eyes that like, um, I remember one time the question came up, like if, if what's his name wanted you to suck his dick, would you do it? You know, he's all like, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it because he's just a good man, you know, <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, and um. But I think like one day he stayed at the LGBT center later in life, you know, like a few years later, he was staying at the LGBT center uh, in Hollywood. And um, he did have like somewhat of a girlfriend for a while, but like nothing happened between them. And it ended up she was just using him for shit. Then she dumped him. Mm-hmm. So, and like, did, yeah, did like, she look girly or did she look like masculine kind of? Um, she was she was hot. She was like a punk rocker chick, you know, like mm, pink nice. hair, pink blonde hair. You know, I remember we took him for a ride one time in a car. It was like really like, it was really weird. You know, it's like a, like wow, like what a dysfunctional people. Like just the, like you know like, because <laughs> like I, I don't you. you know he, he's he's not going to attract like normal people. And um, anyway, Joseph comes out completely bald. And we're we're very concerned for him at this point. And, and, and uh, you know, he goes back up, and me and me and my friend, uh, we go back in the car in the little red Saturn, and um, we talk about Joseph. Like, what are we gonna do? You know, and and we start talking about like breaking into the Church of Scientology, and like busting him out. You know, because he whose idea? Happy. Whose idea was it? Whose idea was, it was it? Sh- I'm sure it was, it was your idea. I'm sure it was your idea. It was kind of a shared idea. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I can't take a hundred percent credit for that because I don't really okay. remember whose idea it was, but even if it wasn't mine, I was all with it. You know, okay. it, it was kind of an agreement. I was like, all right, let's do this. So we drive away and we return. I don't know when the fuck we return. Maybe a few days later, maybe a week later. Like it's been, it's, you know, it's over 10 years. So I don't have like the cold cut, you know, it's like a, a movie kind of anyway. So we come back one night. You know, I forget how late it is, you know, but it's not outside. It's dark. It's probably past 10, you know, and we park our little car in there. You know, we park in the parking lot and we're looking out for security, staying in the car. You know, we're like, we have our like seats low and we're just like peeking out, looking at the security bike rider. It's a fucking church of Scientology. All they have is a fucking like few bike guys and bikes circling the premises. You would expect more, but they don't. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. at least they didn't then. And, um, you know, I got the yawn. Sorry. So, you know, eventually we don't see him. We step out of the car rather nervously, you know, more excited than nervous. I remember feeling nervous and we actually walk to the front door and we just kind of open it, you know, and we get in and the minute we get in, sorry, there were like no security guards. 
or like there were the there were the bike security guards, but there are no security. There's no security at the door, so we okay. just open up the door and we go in. And the minute we get in, motherfucker, just like this ultimate Scientology guy, just like, hey, how can I help you? You know, like we're like oh, we're like we're like you know we're like scumbags. We're like looking at, like we're like oh, we're just uh, looking for a friend. We're gonna we're gonna try to get him out. He called us, blah blah blah. He's all, let me take you to the front office. You know, so this guy takes us to the front office. You know, we're like walking with this guy. You know, I'm like looking at my friend. My friend, he's like looking back at me. We're kind of just like, what the fuck are we gonna do? Whispering, and we go into the front office and they sit us in this room. They're like, all right, blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. Like I forget what they're saying. Anyway, they make us watch these Dianetics videos in this locked up little room. You know, like they lock us in a fucking closet. Like it's a glorified fucking closet. With a fucking TV and two chairs. And we're sat there. What? Yo. They shut the door. I don't know if the door is locked or not. But we're forced to watch these Dianetics videos for like a fucking hour. Could you Could you imagine that shit? Not, not really. But like, uh, so do, do what do you remember from like watching them? Ah, they're kind of like cheaply. My God, I'm not going to say they're cheaply made. They, they look like something that would be like on like lifetime channel like quality like lifetime yeah. channel or like pax quality i don't know if these these but have was any it meaning like, for you was it like scientology scientology uh, related or like something yeah yeah different? like dianetics is like their main book it's like the the main book so it's like uh, okay. it's like a movie's <laughs> about dianetics and we're watching I them see, I see. there's like one camera in there and at one point i'm like flipping off the camera you know, because I could bet they're probably watching us watching the movie on the camera, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. these two people right off the streets. Anyway, they taught, they take us out. Then they sit us down and they talk to us in like this little desk. And um, I forgot what the fuck they said. But I know the guy looked jittery as fuck. Like he looked like a fucked up version of Tom Cruise. Like you know how Tom Cruise has that like a jittery, like kind of anxious look in his eyes. He talks yeah. like really mm-hmm. seriously and very fast. This guy had the exact same thing. And he's like talking to us like this. He looks nervous, and I'm letting my friend do all the talking because he's a lot more slick with words than I am. You know, like I, I sound like a piece of shit, but like he sound he you know he's he's a very successful person. He has like two businesses now. You know, he he comes across as like a very like good person so i let him do all the talking you know <laughs> and i'm just like sitting there kind of nodding and um they eventually let us go and um you know then like joseph's caseworker comes out but but he doesn't and um she tells us like yeah we're gonna send joseph to, to clearwater florida that's where the main the main headquarters of Scientology is, Clearwater, Florida. And we're like, ah, oh, why? Like, I, I don't know who asked. I think it was my friend at the time. He was doing most of the talking because he's just like, he's good at that role. Like, he's a good like, uh, you know, he's 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 good at this. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. You know, it turns out that Joseph can't do any job without fucking up. Like he's, she's all like, ah, oh, we, you know, we had it, we had him one job of like starting a video and pressing play and he, he couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, like, so we just don't have much use for him over here. It's you like, know, you like, know, this, yeah, it's like, you on. know, this meme, like, you know, you had one job. <laughs> yeah. Like he can't fucking start a DVD. Like he couldn't start a fucking DVD player, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. They sh- they ship them off the fucking Florida. They ship them off the to Clearwater, Florida, to the main headquarters. You know that was our little break in. You know it was like a quick fail, but we tried. You know our little t- we were like these arrogant little twenty year olds ready to bust into the Church of Scientology and run through the halls and like grab our friend and like put him in a car and speed away. 
And um, it didn't work, obviously. <laughs> you know, they sent Joseph away. He was now in Florida on the other side of the country. But so, do you and, think um, that uh, they sent them? Uh, they sent him away because because of you breaking in, or just it was like unrelated? I just think he had no use for him. Like he was just like, I think he was like so incompetent at that point. I think he's much better now. Um, what? But I think oh yeah, as a janitor. Point, um, yeah, like I like now he's much better. Like he's holding job. He's like he's doing something he loves. You know, he loves drag. Yes, I respect him for doing that, you know, like, and I'm happy he kind of has his community, you know? Yeah. Like, for a long time, he was lost. So, let me go back to Clearwater. So, you know, we talk to him on the phone occasionally, but he's gone for, like, some months. He's gone for a few months. And uh, one day, he just says, like, Michael, you have to get me out of here. Like, do something. I can't be here anymore, you know? Like, like, like they, they yell at me. That's what he's saying. He's saying they treat him like shit. They yell at him. You know, they, they treat him really bad. And like, what the fuck? I'm like 21 years old. I go to school. At the, I think I'm still 20 or I might be 21. I don't know. It's like 2000, 2009, like early 2009. I'm like 20 something, you know, 21. I'm 20. I'm going to be 21. I don't have a fucking job. That's going to like buy a plane ticket, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I go to my mom. And I asked her, like, could you buy Joseph a plane ticket from Clearwater, Florida? Like, he's stuck there in the Church of Scientology. He wants to come back. And, like, you know, my mom hates Joseph, by the way. She didn't like him at all. You know, yeah. she's like, I don't want you being with that boy. You know, because he's like a, you know, like, he's not like the most presentable person. And my mom's old fashioned. And, like, she knows that he's like on the, you know, like, you know, she knows he's not straight, you know, and she, this is oh. very alarming to her. And, like, um, and, you know, of course, we tell her about all the troubles of Joseph. You know, for us, it's funny, but for her, it's like a giant red flag. Like, like she doesn't want him having, like, a negative influence on us and blah, blah, blah. But, like, surprisingly, she, like, she's all for it. She buys him the plane ticket, you know. And, um, yeah, we go down. We, we drive all the way to LAX and we pick him up. He's, like, happy as fuck to be back, you know. We see him come through those gates, like, through, through the... Through the rival gates, he's all like happy, you know, he's back in LA. You know, we we take him to like a waffle house to like a IHOP or some shit, you know. Mm -hmm. And he's kinda like quiet and kind of arrogant. Like he has like this quiet arrogance about him, but you know, he he can never go back to Scientology again now because he like he broke the contract of his C C organization. You know, and, and you know he, he just can't go back, otherwise they'll get him. So like he's a free man again, you know? Yeah. But like, don't they chase people who like quit the church, the church or something? Like, uh, is they, he in any danger? No, I don't think so. Like, he had nothing. Like, there'd be nothing to gain from from getting him. Like, he had no money. Like, like you know, he wasn't of a person of importance at that point of his life. You but know, like, like he could they, like, like leak some secrets or something like that. Um, I mean, I guess he could. I don't think they told him anything. No, like, I think like. Yo, I, I don't, like, I think he was, like, an OT, like, I think he was, like, the lowest of the, like, OTs, like, their shitty little, like, rating system. I think he was, like, the the lowest of the low, you know? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> and, um, he was back. And it was, it wasn't the end of his troubles, you know? I could tell you more if you want, you know? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, Joseph finds a new love, you know? Because he's just jumping from shit to shit, you know? Yeah. So Joseph has always been like 
a big fan of like classic professional wrestling, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he de- he decides he he's much better in shape now. You know, he, he gets a job at Starbucks and he's actually like really good a good barista. You know, he actually does a good job. He's manages to hold down a job and he's like, you know, I, like like he's shining through, you know, in a sense. He says he's going to like approach a career in professional wrestling. You know? And like my eyes are fucking rolling. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no fucking way, you know? <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, he buys, like, the tights. He he gets, like, a, a wrestling name. You know, he makes up a fake wrestling name for himself. And he starts, like, working out at these wrestling clubs. And um, he's coming out. The shit's beat out of him. He says, like, his whole body hurts. It hurts to breathe. You know, he's going back home to, like, the... He's at the boys' home again. Like, the homeless shelter in Hollywood. And, um... Yeah, he's becoming a wrestler. And, um... At this point, Joseph kind of disappears a bit. Like, me and my friend, and we got, like, really hardcore into, like, the indie music scene in, like, 2009 at the end. And we stayed with it till like, you know... 2012 or 13 and then it kind of ended and um you know i went to live in thailand for a while you know blah 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 i left i left you know for nine months i kind of disappeared and um i came back and like the friendship group was kind of fucked up like we were kind of done like it kind of like you know by the time i was like 23 like it was like we we kind of all went our own ways and my friend my one of my my best friend at the time kind of just disappeared which was really tragic you know he kind of fell into his own life and um mm-hmm. well it was tragic for me you know yeah mm-hmm. and um joseph was like now like one of my best friends <laughs> like i ever just get like yo That's he took sad. me to like this <laughs> yeah yeah no he was like a good friend like like we but really loved feel, him like do you ever feel like a bad luck can be like contagious um no, I mean, I guess it could be if you're like going with it, but like, it's like it. We, I was always on Joseph's ass telling him what he was doing was wrong and that he was lame and always openly criticizing him and like being like kind of like, a, you know, shaming him in public. Like, it's not like I, I, he never had much influence over me, you know? And I feel bad about that because I think it would have been better if I would have just ended the friendship instead of just like sticking around and treating him like a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. Like, you get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I go to, like, one of the most bizarre nights of my life, you know? We go to this city called Southgate. Like, the all these cities I mentioned are, like, in L.A. County. They're all, like, around and around and outside of L.A. Yeah. So we go to this ghetto city called Southgate on a fucking Friday night, you know? And, and he takes me to this weird, like, warehouse... Where there's like a like a shitty wrestling event, you know, and I decided to go with them to support them, and he wants to watch, and it's like, it's like so fucking bizarre, you know. I'm in the shitty city. There's a bunch of like overweight shitty families sitting around this ring, you know, like 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 little kids, fat people, like like you know, like like it's a weird it's a weird crowd, you know. And there's like some matches going on, you know, like these. Like these, like these people performing for like, you know, maybe 30 people out of us, you know, and I'm sitting there just kind of like, oh my God, like I, I hope nobody ever finds out I've, I went to this event, you know? Yeah. And Joseph's sitting next to me, like super excited. Like he's watching these, like 
wrestlers that I never fucking yeah, you know, it's not fucking Hulk Hogan or like The Rock or something, you know? It's like it's like you're watching like just these guys. Just these fucking just guys. Like <laughs> Like anybody, like a fucking bum down the street, you know? And they're like wrestling in this fucking ring, you know? So it's like, it's so much of a show, basically. No, you know? And I'm there and I'm just like, kind of like, just like, just like, you know, just like looking around, like just thinking like, where the fuck am I? Like, what have I done? Like, what has life become? (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's a really cool thing now. Like looking back on it, I feel like it's a kind of a unique experience, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, to find yourself in this, like, weird shit, you know? And we have to be on, the, and yeah, we go on, like, the subway, the blue line, which takes us through, like, Compton and all these shitty places, South Central, Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, late as fuck at night, and you're just kind of thinking, like, what the fuck is this? Like, like what kind of night did I just have, you know? Yeah, but, you know, it's, like, it's beautiful in its own way, because it's, like, for a day, you know, or, like, for a night, you get to experience, like, somebody else's life. Because, like, when you're there, like, surrounded by these people, you actually, like, think, what what could have my life been, you know, like, like <laughs> if you get me. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it was a crazy experience, you know. It was, mm-hmm. I appreciate it, you know. So, our friendship kind of faded out for, like, a while after that. I, I moved to Israel, you know, for, like, a year. And Joseph got hardcore into the wrestling, you know. He was, Did like, you- going to wrestling events and all that shit. Like, yeah, I think he went to, like, one of the WrestleManias, and, like, he tries yeah. to talk to me about it, and I'm just, like, you know, because as a, as a kid, like, when I was, like, 10 years old or 9, I was, like, 10, like, 10, 11, 12, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I was a wrestling fan. Like, I used to watch it with my dad on and my brother on the TV, you know, like, all that Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff, you know, and I, I really liked it. So, like, it's not, like, something that was foreign to me. Like, it's something that, it's, like, a thing that I, I liked in my childhood, and it just kind of faded away. So, yeah. like, to go to, like, those wrestling events. So you know, when you I was ever, a kid, when I was a kid, ever, we, my, my dad used to take us to, like, the big shows, like, the WWF shows, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. have you ever, like, sorry, um, there was a bit of delay. So, uh, have you ever, like, wrestled with him? Was he any good? I never wrestled. That's not my, my game, you know? Like, I'm not, I'm not into that. Like, he used to try to wrestle my other friend that he really, like, had a crush on, you know? Yeah. Like, he tried to wrestle with him a lot, and it would get, like, kind of weird. And I would just kind of sit there and, like, watch and, like, you know, like, just look and be like, uh, you know? <laughs> like, like, it was like a, it was, it was a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I come back. I come back from Israel. Like, life is really hard. I go through this massive depression. I'm, like, I'm like 25, going on 26 at this point, and I have no connection with either of them anymore. Like, I'm just kind of living my own life. You know, I have, like, some friends, but it's not like, you know, even in Israel, you know, I had, like, a group, you know, like a group of people that I hung, I surrounded myself with. It's like we have, like, this little clique, you know, and, like, back in college, me, Joseph, and my other friend, and we had other friends in high school that generally, like, faded out slowly, but that was like our click, you know, and I find myself like 26 years old back in L.A. and I have no click anymore. I have like friends I see individually, yeah. but I don't have like a group, you know, I don't have like a group of people, you know, mm-hmm. which is very hard for a long time. But I don't, I don't feel like people at this age like really have like cliques, you know. At 26? 
Yeah, like I feel like I don't know, people start more like hanging out, like guys hang out with their girlfriends, you know, like and stuff like this. Like I don't yeah, know, I feel yeah. like friendship starts getting like less value. Yeah, it has, you know, like it, everything's more like on an individual level. Like I'd hang out with maybe like even today I hang out with maybe like me and like two other friends, you know, and when it, it's like a group of us, it's kind of like a big deal. Like it's like great, you know, it's like a rare occasion, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like at 26, it was new not to have this in my yeah, life. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. It was 20, 25, 26. I think I was like 26. It was like fairly new not to have this. And it was like really depressing, you know, because that's like a major mm-hmm. support system. It was like a huge support system in my life, you know, like we would do everything together, go to events, get fucked up. Like it was like a, a crazy, like good time, you know? Yeah. And um, now I just didn't have like any like real friends that I felt like I could like bare my soul to or act like really crazy in front of. I had like just like, I, I basically like my A-list friends were all gone. And I basically had my B-list friends to fall back on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like B and C-list. And I guess it's like something you have to go through, but I got really depressed about it. And um, eventually I reached out to Joseph again, you know, when I was 26. And he was living in the Inland Empire in this place called Ontario. Uh, I don't Not Ontario, Canada. It's a city in California. Was it Ontario? I think it was Ontario. And um, it's basically nowhere, you know. The Inland Empire is not a place you want to go. This is like the meth central of like, it's like methy, you know, that's like the only way I could describe it. It just feels very methy in the, in the Inland Empire, you know? Yeah, when you say methy, like, what do you mean? Like the drug. Like it just like, like, like crystal meth, meth, right? Like crystal meth. Yeah. 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 Like it just I has like that sure. kind of vibe. Even though I don't see people do meth over there, it just has the, the, the vibe of like a, a methy place, you know? Like all these yeah, like little yeah. cities in the Inland Empire. You know, you're not even in LA County once you go to the Inland Empire. You know, mm-hmm. I think he was living in Pomona or something. I don't remember where. But like, you know, and he was working at a, he was working at a Burger King. Yeah. And he was, he was, uh, renting out a room in an old man's house. You know, and I like, and you know, I met up with him. You know, and um, it was kind of weird, you know, <laughs> it, was like seeing, it was like seeing someone at like the true lowest of the low, you know, like you got like this guy, 26 years old, working in a fast food restaurant, you know, and like it was hard, you know, living with this old man. And like I was talking to Joseph, he's like, he's telling me like sometimes he feels very suicidal, you know. Like, very suicidal. He's like, sometimes I just go to the freeway interpass, you know, like the highway interpass. Yeah. Um, he's like, sometimes I just I just think about jumping off. Like, I, I question why I don't all the time, you know? Yeah, that sounds very depressing. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, you know, I had plans to move with my friend Marcos, who's one of my best friends, one of my dearest friends even today. Yeah. You know. I had plans to move with him for with in, back in Texas. So I lived with him for three months in Texas before that, like for like in 2012 or something. Mm-hmm. So you know, I planned like you know I'm gonna try I'm gonna go back to Texas because it's just an easy place. You get some quick money, and I wanted to save up money to go back to Israel. You know, and yeah. People in Texas, you know, I'm gonna tell you, I've been all over the United States, but the people in Texas are the are like the nicest, and like. And like, you're just nice, fucking pleasant people. That's what they are. People in Texas, you know? 
Uh-huh. I heard about it actually. Like, yeah. Like they're they're super kind. I I mean they're they're not like the most intellectual, but they're smart in their like Texas way. Like and, street uh, smart kind of thing. No, just like a different kind of smart, you know? Like they're yeah. like I don't know, like they're kind of like outdoorsy and they know how to do these kinds of things, you know? Yeah. Like like different from like what California, Los Angeles smart would be, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love Texas, you know? And um, so we went back over there. I feel like I really learned how to like appreciate people when I lived in Texas. Like I, can't, I really can't say enough good stuff about it, you know? Like I feel like in like when I was just living in LA, like I feel like I was a really self-centered dick when I lived there, you know. And it's kind of like what you're just kind of born to be over there, in a sense. But yeah. I feel like I really learned how to appreciate people past the you know under the surface level when I lived in Texas. And anyway, all right, back nice. to the story. So I tell Joseph, you know, like come to Texas with me, you know. And he's like, you know, he agrees, of course. So me and him, we buy tickets to Texas, we fly over there. And uh, we sleep in, we we share a room. <laughs> oh, that sounds awkward. <laughs> it was really horrible. Like my my friend Marcos, his father was like really ill at the time, and he was living in a house, and he had his room, and Marcos had his room, and me and Joseph shared a room, and I had a mattress. Were you on in the, the same bed? No. <laughs> no, no. I had a mattress on one side of the room, and he had like this like little sprinket, like little like I don't know what the fuck you call it, like a like. But he had a shitty little a little mattress thing, like a kind of like a like like with springs like in shitty, it. Yeah, like but just a spring thing, no mattress. You know what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it was uncomfortable as fuck, and we used to just sleep in the same room together. And wow, this was our, our friendship was like gonna end. Like this was the fucking end <laughs> of our friendship. Like I was there for three months. You know, and and he ended up staying forever. But like, we started like at first everything was perfect. You know, like I'm with my best friend. I'm with Joseph. You know, and we're, so like we're like going out. We're having a great time. Um, you know, my friend Marcos. You know, he he introduced me to like his unique Texas world. You know, and like wow, oh, it was so much fun. It was just such a good time to be in Texas. And um, you know. Then, but me and Joseph start hating each other because we're all in each other's space and shit. And we kind of have like a roommate war, you know? Like I remember like he got my hat and he like threw it over a fence one time. And it was like my favorite hat that I got when I lived in Israel. And I remember like I started nibbling holes in all his work clothes, oh my God. you know? I started like cutting the belt loops on his pants. And like, <laughs> you know, I remember like he would like, yo, like he just like, wake me up in the morning by playing loud music and like jumping on my bed and i'd be like what the fuck yo so so childish yeah and we're like 26 years old you know i'd come into the room after work and he'd be like on his bed and i just flipped the whole fucking bed with him on it you know and um i started ripping out the last pages and all his books yeah (laughs) so he'd never know the ending and um one day i just hit his work shoe like I just, he yeah. had like a, he had to go to work and he was in a rush. I just got one one of his work shoes and I just like put it on top of the closet and I just looked like looked for ten minutes, uh, watched him for ten minutes, just looking for his fucking shoe, you know. Uh huh. Did you did <laughs> so you ever event- like swap his like toothpaste with something or? Um. Because that sounds like so, some stuff from like a typical comedy, you know, like like Home Alone or something, you know. 
I think maybe like took his toothbrush and like cleaned the toilet with it a little. Oh or my god, <laughs> that's so like, gross. I, was, there was like real hatred there, you know. Like he, like I would be like holding like a like a drink or something, just like smack it out of my hand, and I'd be like, "Oh, I hate you," you know. <laughs> and like I remember one day we were just like in the room sitting there, and Joseph, he's a crazy guy; he has nothing to lose. And, yeah. Um, I remember he just like told me like like you know Michael I'm gonna buy a gun when I get my check I'm gonna buy a gun and I'm gonna shoot you like I'm gonna <laughs> kill you and I'm just thinking like fuck you Joseph like that'll be the best thing you could ever do with your life is kill me motherfucker you know and, and I, but in my heart I was like really scared like I played it off like arrogantly but I was like really scared in my soul like oh no like fuck he's gonna kill me like I, I like told my friend Marcos like Marcos I'm a little concerned about Joseph like, he's losing his mind <laughs> like he said he's gonna fucking kill me and uh, yeah my friend Marcos he's like real cool he's like, ah don't worry about it he's fine you know yeah and um, I remember one time we were sitting at a bar just you know because we didn't know a lot of people at the time and um i remember like even though we kind of hated each other we still hung out we we're sitting in a quiet bar like one of those cool texas bars you know and like he just told me like michael i'm like what's up he's like you know i hate you i just hate you so much you're the worst person i ever met in my life i'm like what the fuck did i do and he started listing all these things it was like 2015 and we met in like 2006 so yeah. he started listing things from like nine years before, like in high school, you know, like, ah, that time, you know, you, it was a really hot day and you offered everybody a drink, but you wouldn't give me one. <laughs> like he started like naming so much shit that I just forgot about. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know? And then, um, you know, we kind of made up, you know, we kind of got on good terms again after a while. And, um, but wow, like he would, he would take me to like these, places in my soul that i've never been like i remember being so angry that i just couldn't stop shaking and my head hurt and i just was like i have to go for a walk and i would just walk and feel like crazy in my head like i just wanted to just hurt this person so badly you know yeah i know (laughs) you have you ever felt that anger um like all the time (laughs) wow but i've never felt that way before I just wanted to ask you, so, like, do you think he had, like, some kind of, like, mental disorder? Like, maybe he was, like, a bit of a psychopath or something? I feel like he just was never, like, he definitely was dysfunctional. He definitely was, like, fucked up. I couldn't name a a, a exact, like, uh... You can't lay your finger on it, yeah. But I think it was just because of the way he was raised. He was, like, abused from childhood. Nobody ever loved him. He had, like, a, a fucked up sister's... You know, um, his younger, his twin brother, he has a twin brother. He was actually born with, he's actually a twin. But his twin brother is like more submissive than him. And um, he just didn't function. Like he just didn't. Like he was perfectly fine. He went to school normally. But he just didn't know how to have a conversation. He didn't know how to talk to people. He couldn't look anybody in the eye. So like Joseph was a little more healthier than him. Like Joseph was very rebellious. He was very like, he was a rebel, you know? Like he knew how to like, like he, he would stand up for himself. He would like uh, fight back, you know? Yeah. But like his brother was just like not on that level. Like he just took it really bad. And like he's not even like a, he's like such a fucked up person, you know? Like like a, he's Get broken. You. That's They're all broken, but he's like especially broken. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like he's shuttered. Yeah. Yeah. Like Joseph, he was, he had a spark, you know? He was like a, you know, he would, like he took a lot of beatings from a lot of people. I remember one time we were in a Chinatown, you know? 
And Joseph was like, saw a gangster like spray painting on a tree, on a tree. And Joseph, like, like an idiot, he went up to the guy and said, hey, you shouldn't do that. This guy just turned around and started beating the shit out of Joseph, just beating the shit out of him. And my friend, and we just stood back. We just said like, hey, hey, come on. His friend, like the gangster's friends pulled the gangster off. We got Joseph. I'm like, Joseph, you fucking idiot. And we just like got Joseph back in the car. We drove him home. His eye was like giant black swollen. And like, you know, he dropped him off at home, you know, and we went back to Chinatown and hung out, you know. (laughs) <laughs> very nice <laughs> yeah but, like, you know, he, his sister his sister is very serious about it she's like what do you know about this guy what did he tag him up fine remember his sister was a gangster you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but you can ask yeah. yeah so I wanted to say like first of all uh like I kind of feel like over the years like because like you talked about like different periods of time so I yeah. feel like he really improved like I really like felt like that but yeah. also, like, I wanted to ask you, so, like, if there is one thing to take away from his story, you know, like, one thing to learn, like, well, what would it be? Like, learn from Joseph's mistakes. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, watch him and don't do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, watch with the, watch everything that this man does <laughs> and don't fucking do it. You know? <laughs> That's a good know. lesson. I'm happy for him now, though. You know, he, like he—he he has a steady job. You know, he—he's—he's he's doing something he loves. He has his community. He really like got into the Texas way of life, and I think like Texas was good for him because it's just a much like California, LA is an unforgiving place. Nobody gives a fuck about you there. You know, you have your friends, you have your family, nobody else. But like Joseph, yeah. you know, in Texas, people like you know they're really kind, really nice. You know, life is slower. You work slower. Um, you know, like they're they're like good people. You know, that's yeah. that's like the way to describe them. You know. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, and I have another question for you. Um, so is there anything that you find like uh, like any aspects of Scientology that you find like attractive that like you feel like you can relate to or anything? No, not really. I mean, I'm sure there's like some logically good things about it, about their teachings and all that kinds of stuff. But like, it's like you could get that from anywhere, you know, like they're not telling you they're packaging up just to, like they're not telling you anything new. They're packaging up a bunch of things that normal people should already know. And they're just making it sound more flashy. Like, of course, there's good things like in their books. Like, I'm sure Dianetics has a lot of helpful, great tips. But like. You know, there's there's a whole cult that you don't want to get involved with. You know, it's like the it's like a it's a bad scene. Maybe if you read the books and you didn't actually like pay for all this auditing and do all this shit and get involved with the actual church, I'm sure there's some powerful lessons in it. But like, you know, I I wouldn't say it's something to mess with. You know. Yeah, but that's what I like. That's the way I feel about like most religions, honestly. Like because like Scientology might be like a cult, you know. Yeah. But I feel like. Even if you take like Christianity or anything like religion can only be good like like you know when it's more like individual you know and like some gatherings yeah. are fine but like you know when it turns into like um like an organized like institution like it always gets evil like it always gets evil. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, um, yeah, it's fucked up. Like that's the thing. <sighs> this 
wait okay never mind <laughs> nothing no no talk 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 you know <laughs> No, 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 no. I was going to get like into politics, but like, I'd rather not do that. Oh, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing I pretty much made myself sound like a huge asshole. But, and uh, don't you do that like in every episode? <laughs> I think like. No, no. No? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'd like to make clear that I'm talking about like a time of my life between like, you know, like between 16 and 26. See, it's so like, fine. It's fine. It was a long like, time ago. You know, I, like, we I, all I, grow, you know? We all oh, grow as on. people. Like, I was an asshole back in those days. I was a piece of shit. And I'm happy for Joseph now. And I wish I, I, wish I could talk to him again. But, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, defended all. Like, he's, he's erased us all on Facebook. Like, all his old friends. He's, like, erased us out. He doesn't answer his messages. And um, I understand why. Because we were just terrible to him in every kind of way. I get but you. I like, treasure the Joseph memories. I really do. Yeah. Like, like I treasure the memories of him. And he was like one of my like big best friends at the like you know we were like good. We were like really close. Like he knows me really good to a certain extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I don't know. I hope for the best from. But like, you know, what could you say? Anyway, you have the panel, Paulina, because um, my story ended. <laughs> so if you want to take it from here, we can. Um, like I have nothing much to add really, but, um, that was like a fascinating story. And even though like it sounded like at some points it sounded like very cartoonish, like in, in a sense that like I felt it was hard to just believe that this person like exists. Cause like it's just too much of everything. Like if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, you know, I feel like I, I encouraged him back in the old days, like Joseph, write a book, you know, because people would love to hear your stories, you know, like he has a lot like, you know, this story wasn't about Joseph. It was about Scientology, but like I could do like four podcasts, just Joseph stories, Joseph getting into trouble, Joseph fucking up, Joseph doing terrible things to people, you know, he once had a pet mouse named Madonna, you know, like he had a bunch of like, he has a bunch of fucking crazy shit about him. Like he's he's the biggest character I've ever met in my life. You know? Yeah. Like I've I've never maybe I know one guy that could almost match him, but even he won't match Joseph. Like Joseph is so out of this fucking world. You know? Yeah. He once thought he was wanted for murder because there's a description in the paper of someone killing someone, and they basically described Joseph. You know? And we're like concerned, like legitimately concerned. Like ah, mm-hmm. Joseph killed someone. I knew it. Yeah. You know what? Like, um, that's the kind of vibe, like, even though, like, you didn't really say, like, at least, like, in, in the first half of, the, like, the podcast, you didn't really say anything that would, like, indicate this, but, like, um, I kind of felt, like, this, like, murderous, you know, vibe from him. Like, in a sense, oh, like, yeah. one of the things is that, like, I feel like any person who, like, holds, uh, grudges for too long, they're probably, yeah. like, dysfunctional. Like I can say it like myself because I am the kind of person to like also like do that, but like I know I know I'm not like completely like fully like um normal, but like nobody is, so I guess it's fine. He actually almost you know, it takes me back to the story of like one of the first times we hung out, you know? Yeah. Like I'm sure I met I met him in the summer between like a uh, sophomore year and junior year of high school, you know? And, and I remember we would meet in like the teen center, which was the center where all the teenagers would hang out. And I remember like he was really mad at this one guy for like bullying the shit out of him. And Joseph had a knife 
You know, he brought a knife. He's like, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm like, and I wasn't good friends with Joseph at this point. He was like new in my life. Now I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, let's just walk around. Like, let's go for a walk. You know, and I walked with Joseph and he was telling me why this guy he wanted to kill this guy. He had a knife. He's going to stab him. You know, I'm like, Joseph, don't stab him. Like, don't, <laughs> don't stab, don't stab him, Joseph. And like, no, he ended up throwing the knife down like a fucking uh, sewer drain. So like, yeah. you know, and then we became friends. But like, I, I had no doubts that he would have done it. And when he said he wanted to buy a gun and kill me, I had no doubts that he would. Like, I was personally terrified when he said that. I didn't show it. But I was like, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this, I have to get the fuck out of here. Thankfully, thankfully, that apartment got bed bugs. And I wasn't going to stay around in that shit. I just, I, I left Texas immediately. Went back home to L.A. You know, like, like, because of the bed bugs. But if I stayed, who knows what would have happened, you know? Thanks, God for like the yeah. bed bugs <laughs> but i love joseph like you know like i i have no doubts like i don't th- i think he would have had a little mercy on my soul anyway paulina mm-hmm. this is it this episode's a wrap thanks for joining me on this episode and um i'd love to have you back again good night mm-hmm.